everybody i hope you were blessed by the service so far it's been an awesome service those testimonies were absolutely phenomenal the worship is absolutely phenomenal what a what a service man what a church to be a part of life church global you are a phenomenal church and we just want to bless you right now it's so good you know uh, it's been a phenomenal four weeks for us as a church life transforming four weeks for us as a church and just before um you know we we could start the testimonies Kelsey asked me a question that I actually wanted to talk about before I began my message and I really believe that um that we are, have been changed as a church we are transformed as a church and I and I really believe that every single person who has entered into this ethereal life is going to have a very different lifestyle. Uh and today I'm going to be talking about one of that aspects of that lifestyle and we're still on the series of the instrument of synthesis. And today we're going to go a little deeper into understanding a very significant key called the emotions. We're going to find out how the emotions play a key role in manifesting intention and desire it's very important we're studying the will but in the will we must understand there's a thing called emotions and these emotions play a very critical role and a, a very key role in manifesting the will manifesting intention manifesting desire whether it is yours or god's if it's the divine will of god emotions when you add emotions to the divine will of god now it completely changes the trajectory of manifesting things according to the intention and desire in god's will emotions are defined as feelings that are stored in the subconscious mind and are created by the conscious mind in order to give meaning to words and thoughts i'm going to repeat that again emotions are defined as feelings that are stored in the subconscious mind these these feelings that are stored in the subconscious mind are experiences that you have gone through in the past that have left such a mark in your subconscious mind that it every time you hear a word or experience a situation that was similar to that experience in your past it conjures up or invokes those emotions for example when when uh, i remember the day uh, you know clearly the day when kelsey and i got married Uh, and this is perfume that i used on my wedding day to the going to the wedding ceremony and every time i smell that perfume i'm immediately transported back to the emotions that i experienced in that moment when i was saying yes i do do you understand it's very important that your subconscious mind stores these emotions and also your conscious mind creates emotions according to what you're experiencing right now and these emotions whether in the subconscious or the conscious mind gives meaning to words and thoughts what are 
If you were to remove feeling or emotions, what are words and thoughts? They're just empty. They have no meaning to you. Someone can come to you and say whatever they want to say. But it is your emotion that gives what they say some sort of meaning. Come on now. And so, I was, during this last week, I, I had a, I went to drop a, a guy off to, um, I went to drop off a friend to, a, uh, to his building and we were giving, getting some stuff into the building and while we were waiting for the lift, uh, it, it was a little bit of a crowd that was gathering over there waiting for the lifts and there was this, there was this gentleman who had his bicycle and he was waiting for the lifts to open so that he can get in and go to his home. And the lifts took a little bit of time and by that time, you know, we had, he had, there were other people that started gathering around him. And when the lift's door opened, everybody started, you know, in an inconsiderate way, started running to the lift like there's no other lift on the planet. There's only one and everybody has to get into that lift. And so this guy who was with his bicycle, was, was the, who was first there, um, ended up becoming the last one to enter the lift. And so now you must understand, the lift has a few people in it and he's trying to push his bicycle into the lift and now he has to move people after like, oh, come on, man, you know, you know, there's this, like this little commotion happening in the lift and I'm watching this standing outside uh, because God is highlighting something to me. And so one of the guys who, you know, sneaked in in an inconsiderate manner happened to tell the guy with the bicycle, don't you know there's another lift, a service lift that you can go and take? And so this guy on his bicycle started yelling, yelling as in like started shouting at the guy. And he was like, don't you understand? I was first here, you came later. And there was this whole commotion going, you don't raise your voice and you don't raise your voice. And you know, he had this testosterone started flooding the lift and he was like, I'm the man and I'm the man and, and you know, it's just an awkward situation for everybody else in the lift because these two guys are engaging with certain words that are triggering emotions on the inside of them. See, if the guy with the bicycle did not allow his emotions to get the better of him, I'm talking about negative emotions now, to get the better of him, to believe the word that that guy was saying about him, oh my goodness, he would not have yelled. If the guy had a little bit of consideration, had a little bit of understanding, it's a hot day, everybody's come from the sun, the AC is nice, have a little bit of consideration to make a little room for the guy with the bicycle, wouldn't it have avoided a situation? So what I learned from that is words are just words. Thoughts are just thoughts. But emotions can fire up a situation and completely take words out of context and build it into something that was never meant to be there. See, oftentimes we look at our lives, we create matter, we create situations because we tap into 
past experiences and past emotions that create situations in the present which is exactly like what happened in the past. And we seem to never get away from the past. You see, emotions, words are not empowered until you power them with your emotions. You see, we, we go through experiences in life and sometimes they're painful experiences. That's just life, man. Painful experiences, painful, hurt people say, do hurtful things to us and, and we experience those emotions. But the, but the thing is, we don't allow those emotions to get completely cleansed and we, we have them in our subconscious mind. And then later on, many years later on, somebody says, some words that are similar to the words that you experienced before and now instead of not giving your emotions to those words now it triggers the memory of everything that had happened to you and you relive those experiences in that very moment creating the same situation again and so you go from prison to prison you go from same situation to same situation and you don't seem to come out of it See, why is that? It's because God has given us gifts. It's called emotions. But the natural ego man also has emotions. And these emotions triggered when certain words and certain people, certain types of people or certain tones of people, like who do you think you are? You know, those kind of words. And some people cut you on the road and you feel like, oh my God, my manhood is taken away from me. And I, do, I have no respect and people need to respect me on the road. And we, we, we go through these emotions. And then we feel like we need to drive behind them and flash them. And they need to go away into the next lane. And then I need to drive forward. And then now, ah, I feel better. You're just, you're just weak. You're just weak. You gave in to a weak, fleshy emotion. See, the Bible says... Take every thought captive. Why does it say that? Doesn't God speak to you? Yeah, He does. So which means every thought that God speaks to us, we need to take it captive. So which means I'm the captor of every, every thought that comes into my mind. And so now, if I take the thought captive, I need to check what this thought is about. If I check what this thought is, where it's come from, what the origins of this thought is, now by giving emotion to that thought, I am able to create something that I'm very conscious of. If I'm conscious of an emotion, I can release that emotion to a word from God and create a situation in my life that has never existed before. I hope you understand what I'm saying right now. So that's why the Bible says, take every thought captive. So which means good people have good thoughts. Good people speak good words, man. They are kind, you know. These are, these are emotions, ladies and gentlemen. Goodness, kindness. These, these are emotions. And so good thoughts will, when you give it emotion, it will cause you to do good things. And there's nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. It's good. But there's another side to it. The other side is that you have to understand that God has emotions. 
God, your heavenly Father, has spiritual emotions. And if you want, you can have good things happen in your life. You can have good things, great things happen in your life through your natural emotions, your natural goodness, your, your natural good emotions, your peace, you know, natural peace, your, all that stuff. You, you can have results out of it. But when you want to access supernatural results, if you want to have super, the supernatural taking place in your life, you've got to have tap into divine emotions. And today the title of my message really, this whole message is about employing emotions. How to employ emotions so that you can have, you can go from blessing to blessing rather than painful situations to painful situations in your life. They say that, Science says that every human being, an adult human being on any given day has anywhere between 6,000 to 60,000 thoughts going through their mind. That's a lot of thoughts. But see, you are such a phenomenal species that you're able to process 60,000 thoughts. You are able to take captive 60,000 thoughts. You are a phenomenal species, the human species. The new creation is on a whole nother level, but I just, I'm just talking about the human being now. They, said, they did a test and they said that uh, while a person is watching a movie, just in an hour, an hour and a half, uh, that person experiences 6,200 thoughts. 6,200 thoughts. That is wild. Now, they said out of those 60,000 thoughts, 85% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. And out of the, the 60,000 thoughts, 95% of those thoughts are thoughts of yesterday. Only 5% of the thoughts are actually new thoughts that you have. This is what science is saying. So if you were to only look at the, 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 those stats, if you were to just look at those stats in your life, the future that you're creating is exactly like your past. 95% of your future is really your past. So if you want to come out of the past, you've got to let go of the old thoughts. You've got to let go of those old emotions. You've got to let go of those, you know, my, my mommy told me to dress like this and, and this is, oh, I'm from here and I'm I, this is the only way I can live my life. I cannot do anything new. I'm not supposed to dress a certain way. I'm not supposed to go out after a certain amount of time because, you know, something might happen to me. All these, all these things is one generation's past raising up the next generation's future making it exactly the same as the past. See, your insecurities that you experienced when you were young is not the insecurities that we face today. But you will recreate it if you inculcate it into your future. So the very things that you were afraid of when you were 19 years old, you can tell your children to fear the same things and create the same situations in their life. You're setting them up by creating something that never existed. Only because your emotions are triggered when, <gasps> what's going to happen? 
what's going to happen when my daughter has to go to a foreign country and live by herself? Have we forgotten that there is a God and He has angels? Have you forgotten that you raised your daughter up the right way? Have you forgotten that, that when your son turns 21 that he's not going to go to the bar first? He's going to stay at home? He's going to, he's going to make good friends? He's not just going to smoke and drink and, and get completely off track? See, why do we think that? Why do we think that? It's because we did it, right? And so now we tell them, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm telling you not to do that. I'm going to ground you when you're 21. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to ground you if you behave like that. See, the, the problem is we're triggering an emotion and we're now imparting it into his future. And now he, whether he likes it or not, he is going to experience what you experienced. See, most of us in the present today are creating a future based on our past. So we're living today in the future past. We're living in the present in the future past. That's what's happening right now. If you were to look at your life, if you were to look at your upbringing, is it the same today? Is it, are you eating the same kind of food? Are you experimenting? Are you doing something new? Are you having new thoughts every single day? I want to present this to you today. Every day for the month of October, actually from now onwards, why don't you write down five new thoughts that you're having? Every single day. I want to, I want to challenge you, church. So five new thoughts that you're having that you've never had before, why don't you be accountable with your life coaches and your pastors and write down those five thoughts and say, hey, I've never had these thoughts before and now I'm having these thoughts and I'm going to work on these thoughts and I'm going to give emotion to these thoughts and I'm going to create something that never existed, not in my parents' life, not in my grandparents' life, but I'm going to create it in my life that never existed before. I think this is going to be phenomenal for us as a church. So the will of a person has an intention or a desire. And that intention or a desire has an outcome. We must understand that the mind releases an emotion that causes, that fires, that empowers that word or that intention or desire to manifest into reality. See, offense, ladies and gentlemen, this is how offense is birthed in people's lives. They have a past experience, and in the future, somebody who's not even thinking the same thing that that person thought that you had an issue with, they're not even thinking the same thing. They don't even have those intentions. They're just using the same words and it triggers this volcano of emotions like, oh my God, I am so upset with that person. I'm hurt. That person hurt me. Okay. That person doesn't even know what is happening in your life. Yeah. That person is completely on a different tangent altogether. Yeah. They're not even thinking of hurting you. They're not even thinking of offending you. But see, the problem is because there's something not dealt with, those emotions, the, the ego will is so in charge of these emotions that the minute somebody says something or does something, it invokes these emotions. And now these emotions empower these words and it causes you to act in a certain way. You create problems for your future by living out your past. 
I would love for us to think like this. My future is not a repetition of my past. I cannot allow the past emotions to fire up good words, good intentions of people around me to destroy my future. So, saying that, I would love for you to open your Bibles to James chapter 1. And we'll read the all-famous verses 2 to 4. Okay? So, James is saying, My brethren, count it all joy. Oh, my goodness. James is saying, My brethren, count it, take an account of everything that's happening in your life, all of it as joy. All, all, everything, all your problems, the AC not working, the car not, all of it, all of it as joy. I'm going to break these, this, just the sentence down and we'll take it further, okay? That word, all, count it all joy. That word, Greek word all, is the word pass. Not P-A-S-S, but P-A-S. Okay, and basically what it means is that you're looking at individual aspects of a holistic life. That's what it means. So if you were to imagine a, you're looking at a mosaic, if you stand far away from the mosaic and when light shines through it, you're going to look at that mosaic and go, wow, what an awesome, it gives you joy. But somehow, when you come close to the mosaic and you look at the cracks, you look at the flaws, you look at the, oh, but why is this line going over here? Oh, this crack is over here. This is not good. This, oh man. We We don't see the holistic picture. We don't see the individual aspects of the holistic picture as beautiful. And so when James is saying, count it all joy, He means that count every individual aspect that you think is incomplete, that you think is a problem, that you think is a a storm in your life. He said, count it as joy. Count it as joy. So the word joy in in Greek is the word zara. Zara, not with a a Z, but it's the word with with X, or you can pronounce it as kara, um, uh, where you get the word charis from. And and so you, you have... Uh, joy now which means that you have recognized God's grace in every individual aspect of the holistic picture and when you recognize grace in, in the individual aspect of your life in every circumstance now it makes you glad joy is gladness ladies and gentlemen the Lord one day asked me he said John I know that you love smiling but I want you, he said, I know that you love laughing. And he said, you are, you are always happy. But do you, I want to show you that it, is, that we, it is difficult to invoke joy. Because we are so in touch with happenings in our life that when those happenings hap- happen, it makes us happy. But joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is an emotion of God. Joy is something that that does not happen to you. It is something that the Lord invokes in you. 
And you've got to learn to invoke God's emotion into your daily life. See, God has emotions. And when those emotions are, are empower words that are spoken in your life, those words become supernatural acts in your life. Very important. Very important that you understand this. And so now James is saying, my brethren, count it all God's grace. Count every aspect, every individual aspect, every painful aspect, every situation, every circumstance, every crazy thing that's happening in your life, every person that's trying to hurt you, pain you, stab you in the back, all that stuff, all that drama. He's saying, in all those things, invoke God's emotion called joy. Then he goes on to say, Count it, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. See, these trials are not like you know it's a trial and then you fall into it. That, that wouldn't be smart. If there's a trap laid for you and you willingly want to walk into that trap, then, then there's, a, there's an issue. <laughs> but I, I want to experience joy. No, no, there are better other ways you can experience joy. Don't have to walk into the trap, my friend. But, but I want to, I want to, but, but he says, when you fall, which means you're just going through daily life and these trials come your way and they surprise you. You never, you did not know that there was a test. You didn't know that you were in the middle of the test and now it's like, oh my goodness, I've made bad choices. I've made mistakes now and I feel like the consequence is going to come. That's what's happening here. And he says, in that moment, <laughs> in that moment, in that situation, count it all joy. <laughs> count it all joy. Oh dear. How do you count it all jo joy? When you recognize that that test that trial, that circumstance is tailor-made for you to experience God's grace. Wow! God's grace, all sufficient grace is, is coming to you when you are tested. Then he says, knowing that the testing of your faith, testing, testing, one, two, three, testing, testing, the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So ladies and gentlemen, you are not tested. Faith is being tested. You are not going through the circumstance and situation. Faith is going through that circumstance and situation. Come on now. See, that the, when you count it, when you employ joy, now faith begins to go through the test. Oh, come on. You, you've got to understand, you might be, if you are in charge of your emotions, your ego emotions, and you employ fear, now you will go through the test. You will experience the, the thorns in the flesh. But if you want to experience God's grace, then you've got to employ joy. You've got to employ joy. The way you employ joy is by recognizing God's grace in the midst of the trial. And so he goes on to say, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How do you get faith? How does one get faith? Oh brother, there's a verse in the Bible that says, faith comes, which means faith was somewhere and it comes to you 
by the hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that word hearing and hearing, both are the same meaning. It doesn't mean I need to hear the message twice. Faith comes by hearing, comma, and hearing by the word of God. So which means the word of God carries faith in it. And hearing in, in, in Greek actually means spiritually discerning your father's voice in his word. Come on, man. Powerful. So faith grows on the inside of you when you spiritually discern God speaking to you in the message. He speaks. You're not just listening. Brother, I heard the message. I, I listen to messages. And today I listen to this message. Tomorrow I listen to that message. And then Sunday I go from message to message to message because all the church is online. I am full of faith, brother. Full of faith. Guess what? When the time comes for you to go through your trial, what happens to your faith? Do you have faith or you have a make-believe faith? Because now this faith that you just listen, listening does not give you faith. Hearing does. So in all those messages that you listen to, you must be so awesome right now because you've spiritually discerned what God is saying to you through every preacher that you listen to. And now your responsibility is to apply every single thing that every single preacher has said in your life so that now you can demonstrate full of faith. That's a lot of work. You need a full-time, you need to be full-time only to do that. Somebody needs to pay you a salary only to demonstrate faith and to work faith and to, and to listen to all these messages and I need situations to apply this, apply this, apply this, apply this. There's no grace for it, ladies and gentlemen. God has planted you in a house for a reason. And that reason is so that you can apply what is given to you from this out. The food that is given to you is what you are accountable for. You're not accountable for somebody preaching in the US or, or Europe or in Australia or somewhere. You're not accountable because you're not planted in that house. You're accountable for what God speaks to you. And I love the people who are on the fast. You know, they, they just took on the challenge and every single thing that was, the revelation that was released, the, the exercises that we did, they woke up, man, 4.45, 4.50, some of them. Uh, and they at 5 o'clock, you know, they're, they're just pushing through, pushing through. First day was like awesome. Second day, hard. Oh my goodness. Third day, I need grace. I need grace. Fourth day, something shifted. What happened? They decided to apply what was being taught in this house. Why? Because they spiritually discern. God is calling me. He's drawing me into a new season. He's drawing me. I'm fed up on this life. I want something new. This ethereal life is the life that I want to live here or not. I have a, God has a plan and purpose and that's what I want to fulfill in my life. Those are the people who are fasting. They are religious. But they're fasting because they're spiritually discerning the Father's voice to them. Not just to everybody. Don't read your Bible like you're going to preach a message. Read your Bible and discern the Father's voice to you. When you begin to discern the Father's voice to you, now faith begins to grow. You need faith, ladies and gentlemen, when you are tested. You don't need knowledge of faith. You don't need knowledge of scripture. You need faith, my goodness. If you don't have faith in the midst of a trial, then patience is not developed in you. See that word patience? Whoa. Tough. It's the word long-suffering. 
Patience is an emotion. It's a, it's a divine emotion of God to suffer long. See, this, this emotion is time-bound, which means it's like as long as it takes. That's what it means. As lo- I'm, I'm, I'm ready to suffer as long as it takes. I'm not in a hurry for my breakthrough right now. I'm not in a hurry for my, a miracle to take place right now. This bill needs to be paid right now. I'm not in a hurry. I'm, I'm chilled. I, I'm okay. My father will take care of me. My father has given me grace. My father has given me grace to pay all the bills. He will supply. He will provide. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. One day, two day, three day, five day, six day, seven day, tenth day. Yeah, I'm okay. Testing is coming. No sending messages. Ah, I need breakthrough. My life is getting over. No, no. Life just global. We're, we're learning to have values now. This is the ethereal life. The ethereal life is, I trust my father. He will take care of me. He gave me a word. He gave me a promise. And I heard him speak to me. And that's what I will hold my... I, I will allow faith to grow on the inside of him on me because I heard his voice. He spoke to me. I believe him. See, that's faith communicating. That is faith communicating. And so when the trial comes your way, guess what? He's testing that faith. The trial comes actually to work for you. God gives you faith because faith produces patience, long suffering on the inside of you. And then he goes on to say, but let patience have its perfect work, which means long suffering perfects you. It not only perfects the situation around you, but it also perfects you. Can you imagine? Have you ever had a desire to be perfect? I do. It's a godly thing for you to, to, to be perfect. The Bible says, be perfect as I am perfect. So the Father's expectation of you is to be perfect as He is. And so how do you and I become perfect is when we suffer long. But what suffers, ladies and gentlemen? If the ego man is alive, that's the guy that's suffering. If those emotions of the ego man, fear, anxiety, hatred, jealousy, envy, ah, I want this, I want that, I want it now, all that stuff, All of that. If those emotions are still there, you will feel the suffering. And you will suffer long, long time. Until you allow those emotions to die. Fear, die. Fear of man, die. Fear of what man thinks about you has to die. Verse 4 says, But let patience long-suffering have its perfect work in you. If patient, long-suffering equals to perfection, then the longer the suffering, the greater the perfection. Just want to submit that to you. Don't be in a hurry to get out of the trial. That you may be perfect and complete. Here we go. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. So which means you went into a trial and revealed that you lacked something. 
that's why you're in a trial but then when you counted it all joy and you allowed yourself to you allowed patience and long suffering and all these things to start perfecting you guess what everything that you need is provided provided for because of the emotion that you invoked so the emotion of joy along with the promise of god gives you everything that you need but you need god is in the character building process and the character building process is the character of christ he's building your character into the character of christ because the blessings that he has for you are so supernatural that your natural character will not be able to steward them it is only the character of christ that will be able to steward these blessings and be a blessing to all of creation See the problem is, with, with Christians is that we give responsibility to people when we don't test the character. And eventually it's not it's not the person's fault, it's not the responsibility's fault. It's just the eventually the responsibility becomes so heavy upon a person if they have the character of Christ, they will be able to now steward this and grow. But if they don't have the character of Christ, then that becomes a burden and a weight on their shoulder and it eventually destroys them. So something that is meant to be a blessing becomes a burden in your life and there's no heart at it. You just go through it without any emotions. You're just like, ah, it's just like, oh, no, it's no emotion. Do you have any joy? Yeah, I'm full of joy. Look at me, I'm happy. Man God did a miracle in your life. Come on, are you celebrating? Yeah, I'm celebrating on the inside. <laughs> Can't you see I'm celebrating on the inside? Come on. Lacking nothing. Nothing. Come on. So joy in employing an emotion adding it to a word that you received a promise that you received from god enables you to let me say this we're talking about an individual aspect yeah. one situation where you employ joy now every other aspect of your life you don't you lack nothing oh come on man we're not talking about multiple issues now we're talking about just employ joy in one situation add it to a promise of god a word that god gave you discern it add faith to it now faith is tested ah, ah, ah. you go through all of that and now joy begins to invoke joy begins to produce patience patience long suffering long suffering begins to complete and perfect you and then now every aspect of your life you don't lack anything when you began you had one lack and now you have no lack in every area of your life this is amazing but you've got to employ divine emotions see in second corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 it says this that the letter kills but the spirit gives life the letter kills so which means you can have a word and that word can sit on the inside of you and that word can eventually destroy you Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about this also. He says take every thought captive. 
Some people will think I need to read the Bible. I need to read the Bible. I, and I need to read so much of the Bible. Oh, I need more of the Bible. No, you, you. <laughs> it's good. But in everything that you read, you've got to discern the Father's voice speaking to you. So if you have a lot of reading, it's a lot of discerning. And the Father's voice needs to be loud in your life. And from that, there has to be some lot of testing that takes place. Come on now. The more you read, the more you're tested. The more you read, the more faith grows. You should be okay with being tested. The more areas that you're tested in your life, my goodness, you don't understand. I'm experiencing grace in these areas, brother. I am full of joy. Bring it on. Lacking nothing. See, it's the spirit that gives life. How does the spirit give life? See, the spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you and he produces fruit. Those fruit, ladies and gentlemen, are godly emotions. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these are God's emotions. You can take one of them. Just invoke one of them. And as you invoke them, as you, and, and as you receive a word and as you invoke, you add that emotion to that word. Now you start alchemizing. You take something that is spiritual, something that is natural and something in a situation in your life and you alchemize it into something and you create matter that is new. This is, very, this is the Christian life. The Christian life is all about creating God matter on the earth. It is about creating new things on the earth. You are like your heavenly father. Every situation is tailor-made for you to be able to create something new. Not to recreate miracles, the same miracle, the same way twice. You can't keep recreating these miracles over and over again. You've got to look for something new. I've got a new challenge. I need a new trial. I need a new storm. If you're going through the same storm over and over again, it means that you failed the first time. Good word today. So I'd love for you to open your go to go with me to the book of Galatians. <laughs> so we're talking about the spirit's emotions now, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit. Okay? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. And here he says. And I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk meaning walk holistically, completely in obedience with the Spirit. Okay? When you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That word lust means the desires of the flesh. Okay? For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Wow. So which means there are two things happening on the inside of you. Every single Christian, don't think that you are only filled with the Spirit. You are filled with you. <laughs> you have you and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. 
and these two don't like each other that's what he's saying right now he's saying the flesh or the ego man wages war against the spirit this ego man is waging war against god and you think you can get blessed Wait, that's why he starts off his sentence by saying walk in the spirit walk, forget about the flesh brother just walk in the spirit holistically every area of your life every situation submit to the holy spirit when you do that it completely changes your life you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh when you walk in the spirit you're not fulfilling the desire of the ego man the desire of the ego man ah i want i want i want no 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 uh, it's not what you want anymore you died on the cross i don't want to hear your voice anymore i only want to hear the spirit's voice so the pastor john does that mean that like i am no earthly good no you are very earthly good when you are connected to the spirit you are very very earthly good actually everybody will want to employ you there will be hundreds of guys wanting to marry you you understand you're not desperate now you are you have the spirit of you you are the most viable candidate on earth all of creation is coming to you you must understand something about you makes you attractive it's walking in the spirit you don't have to run after people please give me an opportunity please one plus please one job please 100 dirham increase my salary please i work so hard look at my reports no you don't have to do that they will come running after you and say i want to pay you more money you understand but you've got to walk in the spirit when you walk in the spirit holistically in every area of your life now you don't fulfill the desires of the flesh you're not you're not tethered to this system anymore you're completely of another planet you speak another language you act a certain way the way of life is different when you're from the ethereal realm yeah. then he says verse 17 for the flesh wages war or lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do anything that you wish which means if you want to do something good like i want to do some good works when the spirit and the flesh are at war with one another you end up doing nothing Have you ever met people that have no emotions? How are you today? Good. Has God moved in your life? Yep. <laughs> Man, God's presence is in this room. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love God. there's this complacency there's this like no emotion no feeling see when god communicates to you he feels everything he says everything that he says comes with with such an emotion of love and joy such peace everything every time god speaks to you he speaks to you with full feeling he doesn't hold anything back from you but why do we like have absolutely no regard for him oh this i'm just like this i'm a millennial or i'm a centennial or whatever millennial you are 
I don't even believe in those generation issues. I, I'm, a, I'm a millionaire. I'm, they said that I, I just, I go through life. And so I'm not interested in, I just want computer programs. I just want to sit by myself and be, I don't like people. I don't want to talk to people. How, how can you not like people? God so loved the world. Such emotion in the way he loved the world. They were not even Christians when he loved them. And you're telling me you don't, you can't reciprocate this love, this emotion to him? We can't go through life like that. When I meet a person like that, it communicates to me that the ego will is stronger than the spirit of God in that person. They're full of themselves and they're satisfied. The church needs to revolve around me. My company needs to revolve around. My boss needs to revolve around me. You will not last long in that job. You've got to understand that when you go to work, your boss requires you to love your job. You're paid a salary to add value. But you can't add value to something if you don't love it. If you don't feel that you're doing something good, man. You gotta have that emotion. You look at a you look at a at a client and their requirement. You gotta love that client so that you can provide a solution for them. This is not a cut, copy, paste generation. Christians, spiritual Christians, not cut, copy, paste. We take, don't take from here and we put it here, and just no feeling. You can't, you can't, you have to feel. You gotta love God with all your heart and love your neighbor. Oh my goodness, if I see people not loving one another, it tells me that one, you're not experiencing the love of God. Secondly, you don't love yourself. Maybe you idolize yourself, but you don't love yourself. Verse 18 says this, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Wow! That is powerful. Why? It's because I recognize God's grace in everything. And there's so much of joy on the inside of me. It makes me glad. You, you know, let me tell you something. You can be glad without a smile. But it won't last long because that gladness will just bubble out into a smile and you'll be happy. You'll be smiling at everybody. You know, I used to do this often to, to people in my office building. And uh, every time I would walk into the, in, you know, everybody's grumpy in the morning. And uh, uh, when, you, when you're in an office building, like, you know, and, and you're waiting at the lift and uh, I realized that this, uh, why are these people in the morning not, not full of joy? Like, so I, so I decided now, have you ever gone into your, a lift and, and you stand there and it's like super awkward? It's like so awkward that people feel like they have to look at their phone. It's like so busy. They're like you're sending emails first thing in the morning. Like they have a laptop. They can't wait for like two minutes to reach the laptop. They've got to like send the email right in the lift. And there's definitely no signal in the lift. And so I decided to break the ice. And I would say, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I would stand and face the people at the door at the back. I'd be like, good morning. How are you? Hey man, good. I love your shirt. Completely changed the lift. 
just by employing joy and engaging with people, having empathy, having compassion for people, loving people, you don't need to know who they are and what they do and what their problems are in life. Just by greeting them, understanding them, just loving on them in that moment, complimenting people in that moment causes joy to invade a convey this this space in the lift. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that in the office? I'll walk in the office and say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody. I'll say good morning even to the guy who makes tea. In fact, I would never allow him to make tea for me. I would say, I'm gonna make tea for you. And he would be shocked. He's like, how how is this possible? But I'm paid to make tea for you. I said, don't worry about it. I don't pay you your salary. <laughs> I just want to love on you, man. In Christian terms, I want to love on you. I want to, I want to love on the people, on the, on the, on the guys who clean the, the desk after the workplace. Every single person, the waiter at the restaurant. Have you ever given the waiter a compliment? Have you ever told him that he works really hard or she works really hard? Have you ever tipped them more than they expect? Have you ever done these things? See, because that is the, the emotion of joy, of love for a person that causes a person to experience the goodness of God. And so now Paul is talking about the fruit of the Spirit and he's talking about the fruit of the flesh. And he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Which means the works of the Spirit are not very evident to everybody around you. But the works of the flesh, everybody can see it. Which are adultery. Wow. What is adultery? Adultery is when a person who is in a covenant with, an, with another person breaks the covenant by having sexual intercourse with another person outside of marriage. And he's saying, that is the works of the ego will. The desire, that, that me, me, me desire. I want to satisfy myself. So I'm going to go outside the house. Then he goes on to say, fornication. Fornication, ladies and gentlemen, is two people who are outside a covenant, who are not married, not made a covenant together, having sexual intercourse with one another. It's huge. It's huge in this generation. Fornication is massive in this generation. But here's what, what, what is he saying? This is the emotion, the emotion of the flesh. The ego will. The, the lower realm, this is basically what he's saying. I'll, I'll just explain this too, but you can study the rest by going to Google and find out what these really mean. But he's saying, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry. When you idolize yourself or you idolize a celebrity, or you idolize Facebook, Netflix, you can idolize your computer games or computer programs, whatever you can idolize your career, whatever, anything that you idolize. You can idolize your business, your children, your wife, your husband, you can idolize them. Sorcery, hatred. Wow, that's mess. That, that's like, wow, Paul. That's like almost everybody. Contentions, wow, jealousies, even jealousy, yes. Here, look at this one, outbursts of wrath. My goodness, you have no patience, you have no long suffering, you have no peace. The minute someone triggers an emotion, 
tricks there's something that they that happened to you in the past this is emotion like outburst I'm gonna go who did the guy outburst of wrath wrath means to make a decision like that I'm gonna slap it slap it back you say bad word I say bad word to you you snitch I snitch on you it's immediate like revenge like ah outburst of wrath selfish ambitions oh there goes career down the drain <laughs> dissensions heresies envy oh look at that guy's car man even i also want no murders drunkenness revelries and the like of which i tell you beforehand just as i told you in the in time past that listen to this those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of god that is a very very strong statement when you allow your emotions to lead you in all these ways you are telling god i don't want to inherit the kingdom of god you know what that means it means when you inherit the kingdom of god it means that you and jesus now are co-heirs together whatever jesus inherits you inherit that's how that's how vast it is that's what paul is saying when you practice these things he says what jesus has inherited you're saying no to it what is meant to be your inheritance you're saying no to it because i want to satisfy my own flesh but verse 22 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering which is patience kindness goodness faithfulness wow faithfulness we need faithfulness in the church we need faithfulness in the marriage i'll tell you where you you can you can come and sleep on the same bed but are you faithful with your thoughts come on now you can come to this church but are you faithful with your thoughts in this church Are you faithful with the thoughts in your life group? Are you faithful with the thoughts when you are talking to people? Come on now. And then gentleness. This is like wow. This is needed. Gentleness when we are with people to be gentle. Physically be gentle with people. I remember, you know, in 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 there was a guy who I knew a good guy, Christian like everything was absolutely fine no i have no issues with the guy but he just couldn't contain his um joy and so every time we would have conversation he would find it in himself to let me know that he is full of joy by giving me one tight slap on my back like i mean the more the joy the more painful the slap and <laughs> until one day i said hey man you know that that I I celebrate with you but I don't I I don't like being hit. Is there is there any other way that we can celebrate this moment other than you expressing your joy that way? You see we we can we can bring correction in a in a nicer way as well. We can confront people nicely. 
And, and so he didn't realize what he was doing. He was like, oh man, I thought you liked it. I was like, far from it. <laughs> no, I don't like it. it. It hurts. I can handle pain, but I just... When you're a leader over someone and someone is too familiar with you, they cross a line. And that's my way of communicating to him that he's crossing a line. You see, gentleness is needed. We can be gentle with one another. I had to learn to be very, very, very gentle with Kelsey. But before I had to learn to be gentle with Kelsey, I had to learn to be gentle with my mom and my sisters. I couldn't treat them like they were guys. I had to treat them like they're precious in God's sight. Kelsey is very, very precious to me. And so I treat her that way. I hold her that way. I, I hold her hand that way. I don't hold her hand and squeeze it when I'm happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have to be gentle. Gentle with, with the way you talk to people. Gentle in the way you, you communicate. Sometimes you can say a good thing, but your tone is really harsh and people will completely get the wrong message. But you have to learn to be gentle in the way you speak. You have to be gentle in the way you communicate to one another. In the way you conduct yourself physically, be gentle. Because it's all an emotion. It's, an, it's the emotion of the Holy Spirit. And so gentleness, and this one, big one, self-control. Touch your neighbor and say, control yourself. <laughs> say it like you mean it. Control yourself. And then look at your neighbor and say, I'm in control of myself. Against such there is no law. And verse 24 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions or emotions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is really powerful, church. This is very, very important for us as a church because... When we start invoking emotions, you'll start analyzing, uh, you, you, you will start alchemizing God's thoughts and His spirit emotions and you'll be able to create matter that never existed before. You might need a miracle in your life. God has already given you the answer. God has already provided the means in which you, should, you can get your miracle. It, it, the way he, you can actually create a miracle in your life. And I'm... I, the way you can actually create a miracle in your life is by, by saying, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of a storm. Awesome. Great. Let me look for what God is saying in the scripture. As I look for what God is saying in the scripture, now I'm hearing his voice. I'm receiving a promise. And now I'm going to invoke through the Holy Spirit. I'm going Because the Holy Spirit is nonstop bearing fruit. The Holy Spirit bears fruit all the time. It doesn't depend on you. I just want to submit that to you. We think that, oh no, I, I, I need to make a choice to love somebody. No, no. The Holy Spirit loves somebody through you. It's different. And so now you've got to lean into the Holy Spirit. You've got to obey the Holy Spirit. You've got to engage with the Holy Spirit. And now you've got to invoke that emotion of love, joy, peace, patience, whatever it is. And now you take that emotion and you look at that situation in your life and you look at God's promise in your life. You look at the grace that He's given you. And now you take that emotion and you alchemize it. You mix it together with that promise. And you now allow God to have his way and you just remain patient just remain patient now let God do what God does 
and then eventually ladies and gentlemen you will start seeing that I don't have those urges that I used to have before I don't have this desire to drive fast ah! no just chill relax the road is not going to run out neither is the fuel in the car relax it's all good let's chill let's enjoy conversation in the car with one another why do we need to go in a hurry just relax you you start realizing this you start re- you're not even working on it but it's just happening in your life and then you 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 start hanging around people and people will be like wow man what happened to you you become very quiet i just love peace i just love peace so awesome i love i love the shalom of god i'm i'm so engaged with this emotion right now that it begins to flood every aspect of every conversation that i'm actually involved in it's so important for us to understand that when we alchemize we just have to be patient just patience watch watch and wait and as we watch and wait we'll see god perfecting us ladies and gentlemen he's perfecting our character let your wife come to you and tell you that you've changed you don't decide that you've changed Let your husband come to you and tell you that you've changed. Let your friends come to you, the ones who are close to you, who know all your flaws. Your parents don't know those flaws, but all your flaws. Let those friends come to you and say there's something different about you. This thing makes you attractive. Those things we could hang out with you, but this who you are now. I I I can see you leading me. See a lot of times we love leading people, but we think we need to be like them in order to lead them. I want to get my friend saved. You can't get your friend saved if you do the same things your friends do. Do. There has to be a character, the character of Christ manifesting in and through your life. That's what makes them be attractive to you, attracted to you. And so now when when we when we understand that patience is work is perfecting me, now when the time is right, when God sees that you are right for this breakthrough, he will manifest it in your life. It could be a day, it could be one year from now. Are you okay with it? Are you okay with it? We've got to learn to be okay with it. We're more in a hurry than God is. We want we want to show people that I'm a, I'm a Christian, so after miracle signs and wonders happening all the time and God's like, yeah, Christian meaning character of Christ. that's a priority when you're when you're Christ like in every aspect of your life now he'll begin to release the blessings to you because he knows that you won't be burdened he sees love he's so loving that he won't allow a blessing to burden you he won't allow your business to burden you He won't allow your children who are gifts from God to be a burden to you. See, uh, parents find children to be burdensome when they're too busy doing everything else and they don't have time to spend with their kids. Come on now. And eventually the kids find other things to do and they're sitting in their room and one day you stumble on them and you notice what is happening on their computer and you run to the pastor, please pray for my son. No, that is this. He's doing that because you raised him up to do that. You ignored him. You never allowed him to experience genuine emotions and genuine love and genuine care. That's the reason why he's doing what he's doing. See, it's I know that this message is ministering to people. 
it's important church that we understand that God is perfecting us and there are emotions that God has that when we when we let go of these old emotions these ah, fear anxiety hatred bitterness ah sexual desire all of these emotions when we let go of these emotions and we we employ God's divine emotions into our lives now you have the spirit the spirit energy within you to empower words to see miracle signs and wonders happening in your life and so today before we close i just want you to we're going to go through an exercise right now and i feel it is so vital for us to do this before we go through the week i just want you now to close your eyes wherever you are i want you to take a deep breath take a deep inhale take a deep breath and exhale Take another deep breath and just say I receive on the exhale. Every word that was spoken right now. Take a deep breath. Inhale and say I receive. And so as your eyes are closed, I want you now to remember a moment in time when you experienced true joy. It could be the birth of a baby. It could be a business breakthrough. It could be your, uh, something in your sales or it could be a birthday when people celebrated you. I want you now to employ that moment, that emotion that you were experiencing. I want you to to invoke that moment and begin to feel, allow that thing to bubble up on the inside, that emotion to bubble up. It's the first time you held your child. The feeling that you had. It's the first time someone said I love you genuinely. When you heard God's voice for the first time, I want you to employ that emotion right now. while you're doing that i want you to remember a promise that god has given you just employ the emotion of joy go to that moment and begin to harness that emotion just feel like it's happening right now that child is being born right now and i want you to feel that joy i want you to feel that river just beginning to flood the inside of you take over your body take over how you feel right now as i want you now to receive that word and i want you to take that emotion and apply it to that word and as soon as you do that you joy will start increasing even more because every situation now is going to change because god is involved it should put a smile on your face 
recognizing God's grace in this situation in this moment you're recognizing it wow my father you've got it you're in control you're so in control of yourself i love it Ooh, your job situation whatever it is now as you start feeling joy you will also start feeling hopeful feel hopeful wow full of hope now i want you to picture and i want you to visualize that emotion now beginning to give energy to that promise it's giving it power it's making that promise come alive maybe you've received many prophetic words in your life and all those prophetic words from the time you've been a child are laying dormant i want you to just take one of them right now and i want you to infuse it with joy with this emotion infuse it right now don't think don't worry don't fear don't now is just this moment where you are now creating the way god creates Now I want you to visualize that promise has come to pass. <laughs> I want you to see it in its fullness. I want you to see it in its completeness, holistic. I want you to see the full picture, the full mosaic. Look at it. Wow. Your whole life in front of you is filled with the light of God's love it's filled with joy every blessing in the heavenly places is already released to you you can create this moment every single day you can live from this moment now you You don't have to try to be patient. The testing produces patience. Joy is beginning to increase another emotion called patience on the inside of you. And now you have patience no matter what happens you know for sure that the promise of God will come to pass. You've seen it, you've experienced it, you've felt it. You know it on the inside of your heart that this promise is going to come to pass. No matter how long it takes, I will wait for it because I've seen what God has revealed to me. These emotions, these supernatural emotions have given life to these promises and now I'm just going to sit and I'm going to wait. I'm not going to work hard towards these promises. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to sit and wait for these promises to begin to manifest in your life. God's desire, ladies and gentlemen, is that you should lack nothing. But there's a way in which he functions. There's a way in which he functions. It's the way of life. It's the way of the ethereal life. This is this is how we 
manifest miracles in our life. This is how we create new things. So this week, church, I just want to bless you. It's been an honor and a privilege to present God's word to you. We have such a phenomenal life ahead of us. So this week, for every single person that is that has been dry fasting this day, I just want to bless you. You've experienced the grace of God to sustain your body. You don't need these little physical things in order to give you life. The word of God, God's body and God's blood and the, and the presence of God on the inside of you, your engagement with Him is what gives you life. So this week, church, I just want to release you to employ God's emotions. Not your earthly emotions, not your ego emotions. Enjoy your pure life. Enjoy your full life in God. And so we bless you, we love you, and we will see you next week. God bless. Bye.